Welcome to Educate to Advocate podcast. I'm April Tate, mom of two, founder of Drops of Hope Consulting, and a special education advocate. I am Dr. Penny Stack, occupational therapist and founder of Dyslexia Center of Tulsa, where we provide team-based therapy to bring children to grade level reading. Hey, let's share with everyone while we're doing the podcast. I'm here to connect with listeners so that we don't find Bill alone in the process of helping our, our children. I'm here to broaden awareness for providers that learning difficulties are not just about learning issues or needs, it's about a person's lived experience. Let's get into today's topic. You know, I think what I love most about doing this podcast is the time that we just sit and chat when we're actually not doing the podcast because just in our conversation, interesting things come up. Yes. And I will not forget the day that I don't even know how it came up, but you were talking about taking a break from therapy. Yes. <laughs> and I've never been able to have a really open, raw conversation with a parent about why they might take a break. Because as soon as I hear a parent saying they're taking a break, I go into like therapy protective mode or yep, something. Yeah, viral. <laughs> I do. And I'm like, no, don't, don't do that. Please don't do that. And so I thought it would be great if we could just talk about that very uh, easy, flowy conversation we had, that real spontaneous and very real conversation, because I think it might really resonate with our listeners, both parents and therapists. Sure. And so- you were talking about taking a break, and my eyes, I think, got pretty huge, and my jaw dropped <laughs> to the floor. I did. Like, I did hear your heartbeat just accelerate you, from across the that? table. And and I think I was just locked into therapy mode at the moment. And because here's what was going through my mind: as a therapist, all I keep thinking of is every single day that passes without intervention, the child grows and they develop, and so you lose time. Mm-hmm. And then will they slide back because whatever was being worked on, if it was a neural pathway or if it was desensitization to exposure to a certain thing, whether it's food or some type of a sensory environment, would you lose ground? And then I keep thinking, and if that happens, and then the parent comes back and says, why aren't they improving? Well, sure. because you just took two or three months off. I mean, I'm good with taking a week off. You know, it's a holiday. Things are going on, but we're talking extensive yeah, breaks. a couple like, of months. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't even say it. Like, <laughs> do you see the hesitation? I kind of wish we were on video right now. Just a, the look on my face, I still can't get there. And so when I asked you, like, why would you do that? Right? Because we're such good friends and I can have sure. this open conversation with you. Absolutely. I, I love that we have like this judge-free uh, friendship and that we come from opposite perspectives. Yes. Because it's helped me grow and, me too. and I've enjoyed it. And so your response to my shock and awe. <laughs> well, it, it was funny because I could tell that your palms were sweating and that you were breathing a little bit quick and it wasn't going well for you. <laughs> but I'll have to say, you know, we have been in therapy with my oldest child since he was 18 months old. He is now almost nine. I can barely believe that, but it's true. Um, And that is a lot of therapy. Um, We were very fortunate that we, you know, were very open to something going on with him so early because I believe wholeheartedly in early intervention and just getting in there and getting stuff started early, uh, the earlier, the better for sure. Um, But I also see therapy as a lot of work. I mean, when my kiddo goes to therapy, he works hard. We don't just, you know, bounce a ball. 
I mean, for some kids, it might be right. just bouncing a ball. But for mine, it is all about, you know, coordination and making, you know, getting his arms and his legs and his head and his brain all in the right, you know, area and trying to get that done and getting that coordinated. So what it's you're saying is work. it looks like play. Sure. But it is not play. No, it's, right, it's hard course. work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, being in and around therapy for so long and at such a young age and having just wonderful therapists that we've worked with that have done a great job of educating me on this might look really silly, but this is what we're working on in this moment. And understanding that I have a better understanding of what they're doing when they're in therapy. And I, I know whenever I leave therapy with my kiddo, he's exhausted. He's worked really hard. And so as he's gotten older and he's in school full day, I see a child who goes to school at eight o'clock in the morning. He's in school until three o'clock. Um, during that day, he's not only in the classroom working all day long, um, he is socializing, which can be difficult. He is dealing with sensory regulation all day long on his own. Um, he's being pulled out for speech therapy services. Again, hard work. He's being pulled out for OT services. Again, hard work. He's getting pulled out for special education services. Um, All of these services that he is receiving, they're one-on-one or in very small groups and really require a lot of his effort. Um, And then he gets off school. I pick him up and we go home and we do homework. And we're not the average family. It takes us a long time to do our homework. We do homework every day for at least an hour and a half, which is a lot. You may not be the average family, but I bet to our listeners... That is average for the our listeners. Absolutely. I think I think a lot of our listeners probably can really resonate with with your description of how this day goes. I and I, I think so too. Um, and so my people here that we're talking yes. to, they understand that their kids work so hard throughout right. the day, and then we go home and we have to work through our homework, and then we load up and we head to therapy where he works even harder, and it just is so much. It's so demanding on that child, and. He's exhausted and I can see it in him. He gets tired. And then, you know, the longer you go and the more that it wears on him and say, you've done this for six months and he is just burnt out. He's not making any improvements. He's okay, crying. Let's pause right there. Okay. Okay. And that's exactly the reasoning that parents share with me mm-hmm. is it sounds like from what you're you're sharing is not only is the one-on-one pullouts um, hard work for him. But so it's just going through the process of just normal school. Absolutely. Especially yes. with the sensory irregulation and yes. other things that are going on. And he's probably fatigued. He probably wakes up tired if he's had a long day before. Sure. And so the other side of that conversation, or the marquee I like to call it, that's going through my brain is if we don't get all of those systems where they need to be, school will continue to be hard. They will. So yes, I think absolutely. that's where that's that's where I, I really get stuck. Mm-hmm. But as a parent, because I'm still a parent, when I put my parent hat on, I hear you. You know, my daughter recently has had, she's been going to physical therapy and vision therapy. Uh, she's recently had uh, several concussions over a small period of time. And she took a break. And it's about that time where she can resume. And she's like, mom, I just don't want to go. Yeah, I'm tired. And then I hear her. But then I keep thinking, I'm the adult. She doesn't know what not addressing that will do to her in the future. And if she doesn't address it now, it's just going to compound things and be worse. And I'm torn between 
I'm putting my foot down and you are going. And then saying, I need to give her a break, which sure. is, is right this crossroad where this conversation is. So keep going. Well, here's what I, I, how I feel about that. Think about yourself and all of the, all of the plates that you juggle in your life. You are a busy woman. You work hard a lot of the time. And then don't you ever just hit a wall and you just can't move forward because you are just too exhausted. Absolutely. And I see my kid hit that wall and I know when that happens. And whenever that happens, I think, okay, I know that this is very important business. We do this. I am all in. I, I do the homework. I do the, the therapy homework. I do the questions I ask. I do all of the things that I'm supposed to do. But whenever I see him hit this wall, I see him stopping. And it's just like me whenever I'm exhausted and I need a day off. If I don't take it, that day is not going to be productive and likely the next day and the next day until I give my body that break that I need. And so that is where the balance shifts. I think so. And I think, I think that's the awareness from a therapist's point of view. We need to, to understand the validity of what the parents are saying. I, I, I just think it's important. I mean, it's just how we all operate. We all get to that place where we're like, no, I can't. And I will say that during our breaks, Um, I do spend a lot of time with him working on things that we work on in therapy, just at a different pace. Um, You integrate it into his everyday routine. Exactly. I'm not a therapist. I'm not an OT. I'm not a speech therapist. But I spend a lot of time in those those different appointments, and I see what they're doing. And so I I ask the questions. I redirect. I ask him if he needs the breaks. We have a lot of therapy just kind of built in and into our house and into our everyday lives. So while we might be on a three-month break— I feel pretty good that he is still receiving that OT and that speech and that, you know, pull out services at school. So he's still engaging in that. That's not something that's totally fallen off of our picture. It's still there. You've just lightened his load. lightened the load. Yeah. And, and that makes sense. And I mean, I'm not totally opposed to like an over the summer break, which might be terrifying for you because he's not getting any of that. <laughs> I mean, that might be terrifying for you. you know? <laughs> and uh, it's interesting because I've, I, I've, You know, we work with parents and children here at the clinic and our kids come from the situation you're describing. They are on all day at school and then they're here for an hour, two hours, however long that is once a week. And oftentimes I'll have parents call and they'll say, oh, we have a Christmas pageant at school or we have a game tonight or whatever's going on. And the first thing I say is go. Yes. I mean, that balance of doing something that not only is enjoyable, but they're successful in, to me, is worth the miss. Absolutely. Right? You, yes. you need to have that break and you have to, well, occupational therapist, mm-hmm. balance of work, rest, and play, right? You have to have that. And so I can appreciate that. I, I'm like, like I'm pausing here because I'm stuck on the next <laughs> sentence, right? I'm like, like, do you see my mouth trying I to do. Move, right? <laughs> Because I have like five questions going on at the same time because I'm just so interested in this topic. Okay, so we now understand the need for the break. Yes. Right. And it ma- it makes sense. And I think this is a this needs to be a conversation between the therapist and the parent. I think the parent, when they start seeing these signs, needs to have that conversation with the therapist. So the therapist understands. And it's not just, we're just not coming anymore. Right. That, that relationship needs to keep going. And I think sometimes there's that miss. Oh, Maybe yes. the parent doesn't feel comfortable having that conversation. Oh, well, they should. They should, uh, They right? should. <laughs> or maybe yes. the therapist doesn't know how to respond. Like me, you know, yeah. I, I just, I, I couldn't get there. But once they decide to take the break, 
I think what would be really helpful for both sides is to discuss what are the characteristics that you're seeing? What's what's bringing you from a parent to that point where you feel you need a break? Because I think the parent's job is to be that guardian for that child. Yes. And I'm not talking legal guardian. I'm no, talking protective. about protective, right? Making yes. sure that there is somewhat of a balance and then kind of have a parameter. Okay, this is what I'm seeing. What could I do during break to recover from this? Yes. Right? And because some parents may not know what to do on that break. Yes. Right? Well, and Therapy light. Sure. So what I do is I, I go to my therapist and I say, hey, we are coming up against a wall. We're going to need to take a break. And and my therapists understand that. And my, my OT specifically are very supportive of, of having that time off when it's needed. Um, but I do like to come to them and say, hey, we are going to need a break. We're coming up against this wall. Um, we're thinking... How do you feel about two, three months? We talk about that. And then we also put into place, hey, at the end of three months, so in, this is February, in May, late April, shoot me an email so that in my mind and on my calendar, there is a a note so that it doesn't get away from me because life does get busy and it does get easy when you're not doing these things. It's hard sometimes to get back into that flow. And so I mark it in my calendar make sure that we email, we get into touch and we, we start that process. So I, I have it very clearly written out that, okay, this break is over, get your big girl pants on and let's do it some more. (laughs) And that's exactly right is to have, and that's exactly where I was going next is where's the touch point to just reconnect. And, And that's exactly what has happened to us. I think a week ago, we received a phone call from the up, Ah, I cannot get my words together. Developmental optometrist office saying, hey, how is she doing? Is she ready to come back? Mm -hmm. And just to have that ongoing conversation. So I really appreciate you going into that. And so my, my, okay, so we take the break. We've established why we're taking the break. We've come along with an agreement of what might be helpful to do on that break. Yeah, and I didn't touch on that, but I oh, think it's ahead. important that while I'm talking to my therapist about, you know, we're, we're going to take the break. Here's kind of the timing. This is when we're going to touch base. I always follow up with what are some exercises we can do over the break that will not be too much for him, but we can still kind of incorporate some of the things that we're working on currently. And my therapists have always been really wonderful to say, oh, let me get you a list or let me shoot you an email of some things. And we incorporate it. It, you know, a lot of times it's nothing big. It might be, you know, tossing a ball back and forth, or it might be working on our balance or um, doing some heavy work around the house. Or, you know, there's all kinds of things that you can do that doesn't feel like you're going to an hour-long therapy session right. where you are working hard for an right. hour um, that you can incorporate. And I find it to be really helpful. It keeps me kind of in the game on that break because as a parent, I get tired too. Oh, yes. And whenever you see it on your calendar, sometimes it's overwhelming and you think, oh, geez, we're going back into this. Because Here sometimes we go. it's not the therapy that's that's a challenge for the parent. It's getting your child to therapy. It's it stopping them in their routine mm-hmm. and saying, okay, it's time to go. And sometimes just a change mm-hmm. of activity can be a host for meltdowns and I don't want to anxiety and all of those things. So for the parent, by the time the parent hit the door, it was a lot of work for the parent just to show up with the child. Like that's, I I want everybody to recognize that, that therapy doesn't start the minute you walk through the door and the parent's been, (laughs) the parent's been trying to get the child there for the past two hours. Right. Yes. I, I will never forget one story. We had a little boy and he would get off the bus and then he would go play with friends around the neighborhood and 
his parents, when they needed to bring him to therapy, they would spend half an hour trying to find him, right? Yeah, so he was out of there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, peace out, I'm done. And so there, there's lots of things that go on just to get the child there. So you've gotten to the point where you've had the break. How do you transition back? How does that process work? Well, in my case, and I know this might not be everyone's case, we have a great relationship. He has been around his therapists for years. He loves them. He has fun at therapy. It is a lot of hard work, but he enjoys going. And so I start a couple of weeks before we start going back, having the conversation, oh, we're going to go see so-and-so here coming up in a couple of weeks. Are you excited? Have you missed them? Remember that game that we love to play? And I just start kind of planting that idea and that having that conversation with them. And it just kind of, kind of helps get his mind because I don't, I don't like to adjust to things quickly either. I, I have to you know, work on myself mentally to be like, okay, we're going to do this. Let's get it together. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's, it's respectful to give him that option too. And so we have the conversation and he knows that it's coming up. Um, I'm also really careful about my scheduling of therapies. Um, I like to give us a little bit of time at home, but not too much time. Uh, I like to get all of our work done and then have play time so that whenever our work is finished, he can check out for the day and go, play Legos or go outside and play with the neighbor. And I find it really difficult. And I know that this can't be, you know, for everyone, but I find it difficult when my kid goes outside and is playing, you know, Pokemon in the, in, on the sidewalk with his next door neighbor to stop him in the middle of that tournament or whatever it is they're having. (laughs) I'm clueless, but to stop him and say, okay, we've got to get back in the car and go do some work. That's really difficult. And so I really work hard to try and schedule it so that We might have, you know, get home, have a snack, stretch, change clothes, you know, restroom breaks, the whole nine, Um, maybe relax for 10, 15, 20 minutes and then get in the car and go on. And that way, whenever we're finished, it's still early and we can still go outside and play and and have our evening Um, just because I feel like for me, whenever I take my work hat off, I don't want to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I always think if I sit down, once I go home, I am done. done. Yes. I need to keep moving. Exactly. Um, and I and I feel the same way for him. And so I try really hard to do that. And it's not always possible. And, you know, if it's not, then it's not. And we talk about it and we go through it and do it anyway. But um, that's just something I'm try- I try to be mindful of whenever I schedule it. I really like that you, and you've mentioned this before in other podcasts, really include him in the decision-making process. And I think that's really important, no matter what age the child is, to give them some say Mm -hmm. in the matter, whatever might be age appropriate for them is so important in terms of getting buy-in, cooperation, having them really understand what's going on. And you'd mentioned about in the near future, bringing your son into IEP meetings. And now you're talking about bringing him into, oh, we're going to be going back and just kind of adjusting him to the change and just giving him the respect, giving the child the respect we would give a friend or a colleague because they are a person. Yes. You know, they're not, they're not these little beings like our pets where we just tell them what to do. Tell them what we're doing. Yes. They really, and if we model that for them, they will grow up doing that for others. I hope so. I really hope so. I feel like, you know, all of this, he did not choose this life. He did not choose the things that he is dealing with. And so to me, it's really important that we, you know, we do have some choices and we understand why we make those choices. And, you know, we understand that people should respect the choices that we make. And I feel like by 
having those conversations with him, he understands, okay, mom's not just being mean. Mom's not making me go do this that I don't want to do. Mom is saying, hey, we're about to get back onto this track and let's get excited about it because we have to have a good attitude. And this is, this is your work. This is your job. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't do that with their kids and they feel, their kids feel like, oh, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Or they have a bad attitude because they don't feel like they have a say. They don't feel like they, you know, you know what I'm saying? They don't feel like they have that buy-in because they just don't have a choice. And I I think, I think for some parents, in all fairness, they're overtired, they're they're overextended, and it's not necessarily that they don't want to give them a choice. It's just easier just to say, get Get in the the car, car, right? (laughs) We said that the same time, like, just get in the car, we're going, right? And I get that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've tied my kid's shoes because it's just easier oh, yeah. to, to get her out the door. And when we really need to buffer five or 10 minutes to allow to- her to tie her own shoes, right? Yeah. She's now all grown up. She knows how to tie her shoes now, <laughs> like when she was little. Sure. And so taking, investing in that time up front, it does take longer. It does take more patience and you may not win. And when I say win, meaning a successful moment where there's no meltdown, that's what I mean by win. I don't mean a power play. Absolutely. Right. You may not win the first 10 times. Exactly. 20. But over time, if you give it time and and just don't give up on the process, transitioning to different activities and having to go back and forth, coming off a break, going on a break, just think about out of school for Christmas and going back to school. How because that is a huge transition, right? And life will just be a little easier. There'll be less meltdowns, less tantrums. Well, I mean, that's a perfect example. When we look at going back to school after Christmas break, you don't let your child typically stay up until 1130 midnight on Sunday before you go back. You start thinking about Thursday or Friday. Okay, we really need to get back into our schedule so that Monday is easier. And I just feel like that's kind of the same thing. You start that conversation a couple of weeks before you go back so that they kind of know what's coming. And I feel like when we know what's coming down the pike at us, we're less anxious about it. We have the opportunity to adjust to it. We can ask questions. We can kind of come to a place within ourselves that, okay, this is what we're going to do and we're ready to do it. So that when that time comes, there's not that, you know, oh my gosh, what is happening? What are we doing? Where are we going? Why are we doing this? And Instead, then, yes. it's, oh, okay, we've talked about this. I know it's coming and and this is going to be okay. This is nothing right. to be afraid of. All right, well, I think it's time for us to wrap up Wow, that conversation went really fast. I know. We, you know, the funny thing is we always start out at the top of thinking, how are we going to talk about this for 20 or 30 minutes? And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're done? It's time. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so I appreciated your side of the conversation. I think it's very important to keep in mind that, um, you know, whenever we do take breaks, there is the possibility for some backslide and, you know, for some just different things to happen that we we've kind of come out of. And now all of a sudden we're kind of seeing some regressions. Um, that's a possibility and it's definitely something to keep in mind. And it might also be something that you want to keep in mind when you're taking your break. If it's, you know, a two month break and all of a sudden you're just seeing horrendous behavior and meltdowns and, you know, life is just not happening. Well, it might be time to cut your break a little short or get in touch with your therapist and say, Hey, I really feel like we need this time, but what can we do in this process to, you know, kind of make this a little bit easier. And and I think as therapists, we we learn textbook, mm-hmm. right? How the body develops and all the natural order of things. And as therapists, we are also human. Sure. So some therapists are fresh out of school. 
and they're young and they've never had children, right? And some therapists are seasoned and they've got kids the same age as what they're working with. Or some therapists, their kids are all grown up and they have lost perspective Mm -hmm. on that time in their life. And so no matter what that looks like, we always bring in our personal experience. We can't help it. We're human, right? And so what I like most about the takeaways I had from this conversation, and you, this has been threaded through all the podcasts, is relationships and relationship building. Yes. And keeping that relationship with the therapist and having that two-way conversation, I think, will alleviate the anxiety on both sides of the fence. The therapist will see that there is a plan in place. They will certainly understand the need for the break. And we don't even think twice about it as long as there's that conversation. And then the parent will feel like they are armed and prepared for the break. They have tools in their back pocket to work on. Yes, There may be a slide back, but it may not be as much. And like you said, having indicators of when you may need to come back. Right. Like we have this time frame, but should we cut it short? I think it's helpful for both to make it a smooth transition going off and then coming back on. Yeah. And, and I appreciate what you just said about, you know, the, the therapists themselves being a little bit nervous about the break. Um, I love that therapists are so in tune with their kids and they, they're so into seeing them progress that they get nervous about a break because. Oh, it's deeper than that. <laughs> it, let me tell you, I, and I don't know if it's like this for all therapists, but for me personally, I take every child that I see here extremely personal. I love that. I mean, I, they're not quite my child, but man, that mama bear, I would go to the mat for them <laughs> in a heartbeat and I have. And so I just, I just, I think it all comes back and we'll talk, we haven't a podcast coming up about trauma later, but I think it does pull a little bit on my own experience of trauma of really not wanting a child to ever go through the experiences that I did as a child and the struggles. And I just want to protect him. I'm like, stay finished. Don't leave. Right. Yes. And and I think a little that overshadows my judgment. Like I said, we're all human and we have these life experiences. So having that conversation back and forth. Well, it just shows how much you care. And that's what you want to see in a therapist. Whenever you're working with your therapist, you want them to care about your you kid. Do. You do, you for do. sure. All right. Well, we hope that we leave you today feeling empowered to advocate. Thank you so much for making us a small part of your day. We would love to hear from you and what is on your mind. Email us your questions and comments at educate to advocate at gmail.com. Listen for your topic to be on future podcasts. Connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe and listen to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Alexa, and on most podcast platforms.